So about a, whatever it was, a month ago, uh, remember Mother's Day? I called it A Mother's Faith. Guess what the title is today? A Father's Faith. Don't look so excited. We're going to go back and look at the Old Testament folks whose name was Abraham, changed later to Abraham. And God is into transforming lives. He starts with just as we are and begins to work on us by his spirit to transform our lives. Now we don't have to stay the same to get to grow in the grace and knowledge of Jesus Christ. And it just keeps getting better as you walk with the Lord. And some days you wonder, well, I don't see much progress. I don't feel much thing, much any, of anything happening. And Abraham probably had some of those days after he received the promise that he was going to have a, his own son that would carry into the, the heritage of God raising up the nation of Israel. So in chapter 15, we read the words, After these things the word of the Lord came to Abram in a vision, saying, Do not fear, Abram. I am your shield, I am a shield to you. you your, your reward shall be very great. And Abraham said, O Lord God, what will thou give me? Since I'm it's like he said, You know my situation. And the heir of my house is Eliezer of Damascus. Abraham is thinking in his terms, in his thinking. And his, well, we can make this person become the promise. And Abraham said, since thou hast given no offspring to me, since a little blame, born in my house, uh, to me one born in my house is my heir. Then behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, this man will not be your heir, speaking of Eliezer, but one who shall come from your own body. He shall be your heir. And he took him outside and said, Now look toward the heavens and count the stars, if you are able to count. Have you ever tried to count the stars? It's impossible. And he said to him, So shall your descendants be. Then he believed in the Lord. Abraham then believed in the Lord. And he reckoned it to him as righteousness. And he said to him, I am the Lord who brought you out of the, of, of the land, or out of Ur of the Chaldeans, to give you this land to possess it. And he said, O Lord, how may I know that I shall possess it? 
So he said to him, bring me a three-year-old heifer and a three-year-old female goat and a three-year-old ram and a turtle dove and a young pigeon. Glad we don't have to do that anymore. And he brought all these to him and cut them in two and laid each half opposite of the other, but he did not cut the birds. And the birds of prey came down upon the carcasses. And Abraham drove them away. And when the sun was going down, a deep sleep fell upon Abraham, and behold, terror and great darkness fell upon him. And God said to Abraham, Know for certain that your descendants will be strangers in a land that is not theirs, where they will be enslaved and oppressed for 400 years. But I will also judge the nation whom they will serve, and afterward they will come out and with many possessions. And as for you, you shall go to your fathers in peace, you shall be buried at a good old age. You shall be buried at a good old age. The Lord is good to us. The Lord has made Abraham a promise. The Lord has spoken. And when the Lord speaks to us, you can hang on to it. You can believe it. You can build on it. You can go forward. You can have strength. And hope. When the Lord has given you a promise, so point one, the promise. The, what is the promise? Verse four, behold, the word of the Lord came to him, saying, This man will not be your heir, but one who shall come forth. In other words, Abraham, you're going to have. You are, it's going to come from, from both Abraham and Sarai is another story. We won't talk about her today too much. Abraham. Believe then in verse 6. Oftentimes Jesus talked to people while he was on earth and he asked them this question. Do you believe who I am? Some would say yes, and others would not sure. What is it that God rewards? Simple faith. Simple childlike faith. Simple trust. Even when we have questions and wonder why and what are you doing, Lord? Still, it's better when we know we're going to come back to it. We're going to trust you anyway. We're going to believe you anyway. If you said it, then it's enough. Then it's, it's enough to go on. The promise to Abraham was he was going to... Now, this really became uh, a bit of a... I think Sarai was... Mm, what are you talking about? You old man? They're both up in years. Pushing a hundred. Not... not Natural, not normal to have a child at those ages. But God was involved. And God moved, and you know it, the story happened. But Abraham learned how to believe. It was good enough for Abraham. It was good enough that God said, it will, it's going to happen. And so what is it that you and I have been promised? 
What has God promised you and I today? What do we know that is for certain? We can go through scriptures and find many, many promises. One of them is this in Romans Gospel chapter 10, verses 9 and 10. He promises this. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart God raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. For with the heart man believes, resulting in righteousness. With the mouth he confesses, resulting in salvation. That is a promise. Well, you say, I don't feel saved. Have you believed on the Lord Jesus Christ? Have you confessed with your mouth, he is Lord? Have you invited him to come into your life? Then regardless of what you feel like, he holds up to his promise. If you are sincere in your heart, God knows it anyway. God knows when you really believe and when you really don't believe. We can't hide anything from God. So why we, we just come to God as we are and sometimes we have to say, Lord, help my unbelief. I want to believe. You start with what you have. The promise is this, that God hears the cries of people of every tribe, tongue, and nation. Right now, today, I believe Anna is in Cambodia. We pray for her this week. She's ministering with a team there going about in the land of Cambodia. God will protect the team, protect Anna, use her. I know that God has good plans. There is a need for people to trust God, to believe God is the only God. When we come to understand there are no other God, the Bible teaches there's no other God besides Him. This is kind of the hang-up with a lot of folks in our world. But the Bible says there's only one name under heaven by which man could be saved, and that's Jesus. And aren't you glad we can know that? Aren't you glad we can have that promise? Now, what's some more promise? After we accept Jesus into our heart, what happens then? We go out and we live by faith. The Bible talks about it to quite of a, a degree. In fact, there's a chapter in the book of Hebrews that's come to know as a come, become known as the Hall of Faith, a place where the Old Testament and other folks. Live by faith, and I'm going to read Hebrews 11.8 about Abraham. By faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed by going out to a place which he was to receive for an inheritance, and he went out not knowing where he was going. Have you ever been in that situation where you did not know what was going to happen? You prayed about it, you looked to God and then you said, by faith, I'm going to go on. When Carrie and I moved into this community, did not know really anybody. And went to the restaurant, did not know anybody. We went to the ball game and did not know anybody. We were used to knowing everybody before we came here. Now we're on our 25th, 26th, starting a 26th year. Well, there's quite a few people we've gotten to know. It's kind of fun. But listen, it's not easy in transition. 
But faith says God spoke to us. God says we're going to move. And it can be scary. At the same time, there's a peace. Here's how we can tell oftentimes what is the will of God? When you sense God's peace, it's a barometer to help us. If we're outside of the will of God, oftentimes we get this feeling of mm, it's turmoil. You feel this uneasiness. But in the center of God's will, is there a peace that surpasses all understanding? That it's so real to you that nothing can change your heart. And in spite of trials that may come and go and testings that may come and go, you're still going to trust God. In fact, there's a verse, I believe it's Hebrews 11, verse 6. Without faith, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. That's what Abraham. When, Abraham, when God spoke to Abraham, Abraham believed he was God. And what happened? As a result of Abraham's faith in God, God said, you are righteous. That's a foreshadow of the cross of Jesus Christ that was yet to come. When we choose to say, Jesus, I recognize you took my place. I believe on you. I believe you... you you became, you, be, you took sin on, your, you took my sin. It was laid on you, and that is a promise. And we confess Jesus Christ as Lord with our mouth and our heart. Believe in our heart. They have to go together. We're going to be saved. And so Hebrews chapter, also chapter 13. Here's another promise. Let your character be free from the love of money, being content with what you have. For he himself has said, I will never desert you, nor will I ever forsake you. So college people, <laughs> people that are stepping out, people that are in transition, Oftentimes it's a scary thing. Well, what, what are we going to do now after we're through college? It's a big question. But what does God have for you? My encouragement to you is to keep trusting God. God opens the doors, you go through that door. God may shut a door. Okay. He tries. I'm a firm believer that you have to step out in faith and do things that Keep you busy that are intentional. And then I believe God, as He sees you stepping out, He begins to show you. Oftentimes, it's the relationships that you build that help you lead, help lead you in the direction that God has for you. Relationship with God, relationship with the people of God. And we can get somewhere. So the promises are all over the scripture. There are other promises like God is our healer. God is our protector. God is 
never going to leave us. We already mentioned that one. God's angels are given assignment at the promise for the people of God. That was a few years ago, Horton, remember? And you guys were on the lift, and I was running the lift. And for some reason, I messed up and thought I was pushing the brake, and I pushed the clutch, and you guys were getting on the roof, and it rolled back. And you guys were like, I thought, oh, what have I done? I've killed my men. But Horton, Horton felt like someone helped you on the I have to believe it was a guarding angel. God is good. God is always good. He wants you to live in his promises. He wants you to have a hope, a future. He has a future. He has a plan. But our second point is the pray. Now, we go from the promise the pray, P-R-E-Y. And we get this out of the verse 11. And the birds of prey come down upon the carcasses, and Abraham drove them away. Now, in the Old Testament, God required a sacrifice. Old Testament saints were required to bring certain animals this story is interesting. And I want to apply this thought as Abraham drove away the birds that were coming to get the, the animals. Think of it this way. If God has given you a dream, if God has given you a, some kind of a thinking that this is what I want to do, so often, the enemy comes against you to try to rob that dream from you. To try to get you to stop going in the direction that God wants you to go. They try to get you to be afraid. And so the prey, oftentimes in our case, is fear, doubts, discouragement. You can fill in the list. The battle often is right up here in our thinking. And we all have it from time to time. The good news is this. In the Old Testament time, they would have battles. The kings would go out and they would fight against the enemy of God and the battles. And if God was for them, they would try to listen to God, seek God. Sometimes they didn't always hear correctly. Sometimes God would, you know, just go before them and it was easy. Other times they were defeated. Oftentimes our battle is right in our heart, in our spirit. And we're wrestling over things that the Bible talks that in Romans 12, verse 2, that we don't have to give in to the things of this world. And I'll read the verse. Do not be conformed to this world. You've all heard the little story, you take a frog and throw him in water and heat it up slow and he won't jump out. You heard that story. Say something. Yeah. 
conform is, is, is in a way conforming is is letting the world rub off on you and I rather than we changing the world. Rather be transformed by the renewing of your mind, renewing of your mind that you may prove what the will of the Lord is. And so often well, we're battling in our mind and we're thinking, what is this? Is this of God? Is this of the enemy? Is this myself? Is this that I ate too much pizza last night? What's going on? What should you do in that case? Give it time. Seek the Lord. Call, don't, be in, don't be in too big of a rush. Give your, sometimes you need time to heal. Sometimes you need time to clear your mindset. All the time we need time to hear what is the Lord saying. What are you saying to me in this situation? What is your will? If we know what the will of God is, then we can do it. How many want to do the will of God? It's, It's a perfect place. It's the best place it's the greatest way to live in the will of God. And that which is good and acceptable and perfect to finish out the verse, prove what the will of God is. So how do we actually renew our mind? What is it that we can do? I know you know these verses, probably Philippians 4, verses 6 and 6 through 8, talk about being anxious for nothing. Be anxious for nothing, and we go, okay, well, easier said than done sometimes, isn't it? Be anxious for nothing, right? But we know it's, 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 it's scriptural, and it's what God is calling us to not be anxious. So we have, we have been given an instruction here in this verse by prayer. So prayer is a part of, of getting control of our thoughts, because all of a sudden when you begin to pray about to God, talk to God just exactly how you feel. Just talk to God. Maybe you're feeling afraid. You say, you know, Lord, I'm afraid. Help me with this. Just, just be b- brutally honest. You, God wants you to be brutally honest before. And you just lay it out there. And he says, you make your request known to God. And the promise is this, the p- peace of God, which surpasses all comprehension. In other words, I may not understand or having, having, even having the answer, but I know God has heard. So therefore, I can have peace. If you prayed about it and you left it in the hands of God, you can go about your business not being weighted down. It's, in, it's not in my control. It's, not, it's out of my hands. It's in God's hands. It's God's problem. You turn it over. And then he promises this, which he, he says... This peace that surpasses all understanding shall guard our hearts and your mind. Guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Learning how to walk in the Lord. Another next verse, a couple more verses in the same place. Finally, brethren, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is right, Whatever is pure. And so the other day at breakfast, yeah, yesterday, I was talking to Nathan. And 
I said, we're going to have a cold summer and a cold winter. Like, How do you know that? He said, I said, I watched it on YouTube. And he goes, ha, ha, ha. You know, like, whoa. You, he said something like Abraham said, not, not President Abraham. He made a joke. Of, you can't believe everything that's on YouTube. Yeah, man. It's just like, it's just, we gotta get, we gotta, we gotta get, we gotta have more than that to go on. And I ain't you get God's in control of the weather? I don't know whatever He's doing is up to Him. I may not always like it, right? But I am good with it. It's God with it. It's God's. It's God's territory. And so if I just sit there and think about all the negative, if I just only read the news as negative, 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 what am I going to become? A negative, negative person. I have to sort out. I have to put a filter in my spirit. You know what I'm talking about? You've got to say, that's, no, that's, not, that's not right. That's, that's trash. Trash. Goes in the trash barrel. That, that thought is not of God. That is not even scripture. So you have to learn how to control and keep your focus on what the Bible is talking about. Well, think on the other, think on the things that are true. Think on the things that are honorable. Think on the things that are right. Think on things that are pure. Whatever is lovely. Whatever New American Standards does not, whatever is of good repute. I think I'd like the word maybe more like um, commendable. We need, to, we need to hear, we need to understand that God is at work in the world. That young people have come to Jesus. This led, I just read a, a newsletter from our, our missionary Kayalfa uh, people, not the ones that were here last Sunday, but Marais, the Marais. Uh, I'm gonna, I laid it on the table. You guys need to read that letter. God raised this young couple up just in the recent years, and they're, they're going into the colleges and they're ministering and they're leading worship, and they're preaching the gospel, and hundreds of students are gathering. You know, we heard the statistic last Sunday that 70% of our college kids just don't believe God anymore. After they go, this is disturbing to me. And we need to hear God is raising up an army of young people. I believe it. And that, I believe, is part of the end time promise. What did it say, Joel? Right? I will pour out of my spirit upon all flesh. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Sons and daughters. Old people dream dreams, have visions. That's exciting. That puts the enemy to flight. And our real prey, the real, the, the, the real enemy is Satan. He wants to get at you to get you discouraged, get you to start thinking it's not worth it. It's go the way of the world. Live it up. Live for yourself. But it's such a dead end. And it's such an eternity that's without God is not a good thing. And so we look at these, these little nuggets of truth. And Abraham drove them away. You've got to get intentional. 
You have to be intentional. What is it that we're reading? They say this, you know, statistically, what we read and the people we hang around with shape our thinking. Shape who we become. Sets in motion what we take on as values in our life. So third point is this. Promised land. There's a promised land that God was speaking to Abraham that was going to come later. Actually, they had to go into slavery 400 years in Egypt. God is not in a hurry like we often are, right? But God has a plan that God had a plan to take them out of that slavery after that time went by by another man named Moses, who was another story all in itself. Oh, God raised up a man that was kind of on a run. He was kind of a fugitive. He was kind of hiding from everybody because he did something wrong. At least he thought it was right in his own eyes. But God dealt with him. Aren't you glad to know that God uses imperfect people? If they're just a surrendered heart, he can, he can work with that. And just an acknowledgement that, hey, Lord, I'm not perfect. I need, I need you. That's surrender. That's a good thing. And so, verse 18. On that day, the Lord made a covenant with Abraham, saying, To your descendants I have given this land from the river of Egypt as far as the great river, the great Euphrates. Then he lists all the ites. I won't go through them. Canaanites, the Gergesites, the Amorites. The Promised land. Friends, this world is not the promised land. The earth is not heaven. We live in a fallen world. We can see the glory of God on the earth, but because of a fallen, because man's sin, we have taken on curses, disease, sickness, the enemy has been given permission to roam and through Job's story, you see that Satan came in. God asked him, where do you come from? Oh, from the earth, roaming about on it. We've got to be aware that as the closer we get to the end times, Satan is rallying. Satan wants to confuse. Satan wants to destroy and he often destroys the family unit, if he can. He wants to attack people where they're at in their faith, whether they're young or old. But if we have news for him, we have decided to follow Jesus. We used to sing this song at baptismal service. We have decided no turning back. And even a line in there said, if none go with me. Right? Remember that? Still I will follow that's a kind of that's being intentional. That's being all in. And I know my mother-in-law will appreciate when Fred Gottwald was on the earth ministering. I can still hear and sense the spirit of God in his voice, talking to a a small group in a restaurant, and I think it was a just a men's meeting or something. He said he would say this: "Go all in for Jesus." 
he would just talk, you could just hear and sense the love of power and presence of God in that godly man. And you and I have the same access to the same presence. You and I have the access to the same throne room. You and I have access to the same promises. And you and I have a future to the real promised land is yet to come. That is heaven with Jesus for all eternity. I need to hear an amen. Amen. This is our hope. This is why we can get up in the morning and believe God has purposes for you today. That he's not done with you yet. As long as he gives you a breath to breathe. Can I brag on my mother-in-law a little bit? You don't come over. I, here's what I said. We have the queen in town today. I got a kick out of it. But she brought her stuff. Carrie and her were in the marketplace. Um, I won't say the word peddling. But offering. Other street nail, but Elaine has this little curtain, apron, uh, oven hanger. Is that what you call them? I think so. Velcro, really cool, beautiful. She'll show them to you if you if you want to see them. But she doesn't let time. She doesn't quit. That's King Strong. Occupy until he comes. Occupy. There is a work for you and I yet to do. And it may be as simple as encouraging one person. Maybe, who knows? Maybe because through your sickness, if you've been in the hospital, just think about this. Perhaps God has orchestrated for you to witness to a nurse, to a doctor, to another one next to you. We don't know. God works beyond our imagination. And Abraham was just, he didn't know the details. He had no idea that he was going to end up with all the descendants. He just simply, okay. He believed God. I remember a long time ago, my dad was sitting in a Christmas celebration with the family. And he said these words. And he was probably in his 80s. I never thought I'd ever have so many grandkids. <laughs> when he started out, he just, you know, he started out on a motorcycle by himself and maybe a friend or two. God has a plan. He's building families, whole communities, church bodies that are going to take it to another level. And it will require us to be an intentional. You will have to sometimes chase away the doubts and the fears that try to come against you and to try to hinder you. We need to pray that the word of the Lord that the young people heard this past week when Austin was with them and the other teams that were ministering. We need to pray that the word of God will stick in the kids' hearts. One more verse. He finishes off. Is Hebrews 11, 9 and 10. By faith he lived as an alien. Listen, folks, we're aliens. In this land. By faith he lived as an alien in the land of promise and in a foreign land, dwelling in tents, 
But what is he talking about? Abraham never really got to see the promised land on that earth, on Israel, the land. There was, here it is. He was dwelling in a tent because his, his world right here is temporary. We don't, know, we don't need a whole lot, really. He was looking for the city. Look at this verse. This is just prophetic. It's, it's prophecy. He was looking for a city whose foundation, whose architect, his builder is God. That is heaven. We're looking past this temporal life. We're seeing into the future. There is a place that will be eternal, and we are going to see him. And we're going to be changed. And then we have a new body. And we live forever with him. And it requires, Emily, could you come? As we prayed this morning, take a moment and say, Lord, I want you to be in my life. I want to be able to hear what you're saying. I want to have a heart after you to, to keep things in perspective. To be a true believer. And I want to lift my heart to you right now. That you'll give me faith. The daily bread that we sang about. And the daily word. And the everlasting presence of the Lord. That you will go with us. This, on Father's Day we say, Lord, bless the family. Bless the fathers, grandfathers future fathers, however you want to look at it. We pray that we would be a part of the solution and we'd be able to build with God, build on the foundation of Jesus Christ. We now offer ourselves to you in humble adoration.